He says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers, against authorities, against rulers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Would you welcome Corey this morning? Good morning, Grace Fellowship Church. So good to be with you this morning. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And I am thrilled to be with you this morning. And I am excited about all that God is doing here. It's been about a year, and I'm back. <clears throat> and this morning, I'm thrilled about our theme. As we're asking the question, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you able? Are you prepared to stand in the places that life throws at you, the ups and downs, the trials and the battles? Because the Bible teaches us that if you call on the name of Jesus Christ, that you have access to an arsenal that will enable you to stand. But are you ready? Look at the person next to you and say, are you ready? Are you ready? I had to ask myself that question Many years ago, I was fresh out of seminary, new job, new degree, new wife. But the question would be posed to me, are you really able to stand? My wife's grandfather, Bucky, passed away. He served our country in the military with great honor. And as a result, he would be celebrated at his funeral with full honors. There would be flags, there would be stripes, there would be soldiers. It was going to be a beautiful time. We walked into the celebration, waiting for everything to begin. Someone went up and did a welcome. Another person went up and sang a song. Now it was time for the preaching to begin. Soft music plays. We all waited for the preacher to go up. Soft music played and plays. We all waited for the preacher to go up. Soft music played and plays. We all waited for the preacher to go up. I was looking around. We were all looking around. Where is the preacher? Seconds seemed like minutes. Minutes seemed like forever when all of a sudden an older gentleman in a suit went to the front of the pulpit, grabbed the Bible, and began looking around. He's looking to the left. He's looking to the right. He's looking all around the room. And all of a sudden he looks down my aisle and looks at me. He comes towards me. He says, Mr. Smith, I am the funeral director of this celebration, and we have a huge problem. I said, brother, yes, you do have a huge problem. I, I can see that. The pastor of this ceremony, the pastor of this occasion is not going to be able to make it, but we heard that you were fresh out of seminary ready to roll. I'm sorry we couldn't give you more time. I'm sorry we couldn't give you more notice than right now, but would you mind going up right now, preaching and teaching this celebration? Would you mind taking the stand? I remember in that moment looking up to the sky thinking, Lord, 
rapture me now. Get me out of this situation. I haven't even done a funeral yet before. But everybody's looking, what is he going to do? And I raised my hand reluctantly and said, I will take the stand. I remember walking to the pulpit, slowly as possible, trying to write my sermon. Lord, give me something. And then I remembered something they taught me in seminary. Always keep a sermon in your hip pocket. Always keep one in your arsenal, just in case. It's not likely to happen. Somebody calls on you in a moment notice and says, would you mind preaching and take the stand? And I had one. Yes, the only problem was the sermon was on David and Bathsheba and David's lying lustful ways. And it was not going to work on this occasion. Lord, what am I going to do? I'm getting closer and closer and closer. And there it is. And then I remembered something else. They said, when you're in a jam... When you don't know what to do, just use SOAP. What is SOAP? SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. They say, just read that Scripture. Make some observations. Make some application. Tell some stories. And then pray nobody knows that you don't know what's going on. And I did. And I prayed and I preached. And God got the victory that day. It was my first funeral celebration. It caught me off guard. I didn't see it coming, but because of what I had access to, because of what was in my arsenal, in that moment that came out of nowhere, I was able to stand. And the Bible teaches that you have access to an arsenal that will enable you to stand when life is up, when life is down. Put on the armor of God, and you will be able to stand. This morning, we're going to be looking at the armor of God as the Apostle Paul is writing the Ephesian church, a young church that he started, and he was encouraging them how to stand in victory. Right now, he's writing them this letter, and he spends the first three chapters just bragging on the love and the grace and the mercy of God. In fact, he writes these words, there is no height, there is no depth, there is nothing that has been created that can separate you from the love of Christ. He loves you that much. Your Father in heaven adores you. He spends three chapters writing about the grace and mercy of God. Then chapter 4, he talks about being a great parent. He talks about marriage, all these very practical issues. But then about chapter 6, he says this word just when it looks like he's done. He says now, finally. Everybody say, finally. As if to say, I've been waiting. Oh, I've been waiting to get to these right here. Finally, put on the armor of God and you will be able to stand because they need to know how to stand. Remember, this was a young, thriving church full of young believers. And they were seated in the midst of the Roman Empire, one of the most lustful empires to ever exist. The saying was, when in Rome, do as the Romans. And they needed to know, how do I stand in a culture like this? And Paul said, put on that armor of God, and you will be able to stand. Paul also tells us something this morning about the nature of the battle and the trials that we face. That we wrestle not with flesh and blood. What is he talking about? He's saying, people, we are flesh and blood. Oftentimes we see things on the news, we see evil, we see craziness, and we immediately think, that's people. But Paul says, no, there are spiritual forces working there are evil things happening that are causing some things to happen with people. And so whether it is spiritual or whether it is a 
a person. We can thrive in Jesus Christ as believers. Put on the armor of God, Grace Fellowship Church, and you will be able to stand. You ever truly wonder, how do we really stand in the world that we live in for God? With all the things that we are surrounded by, marriages now are failing at 50%. How do we stand in place for marriage? Pornography now is more accessible than water. It is everywhere in our culture, affecting men and women. How do we walk in purity? How do we truly stand when we leave out those doors? Our young people, my heart breaks, all the drugs that are happening in our world. How do our young people stand? Paul reminds us, and I believe the word of God today, you put on the armor of God and you will be able to stand. Now, as we unpack this armor today, as we go through this armor, I want to give you two encouragements. The first encouragement is this. Can we be real this morning about the issues that we face? Because Paul makes it clear, this is a fight. He's talking about armor. The enemy is not playing around. We have to be real. Can we be real this morning? The other thing I want to encourage you in is that the armor actually is very easy to understand. Sometimes we get confused about this armor. I don't understand. It's confusing. Remember, Paul is sitting in a Roman prison right now, and he's surrounded by all these Roman soldiers, and he's praying, and he begins to see each piece of armor, and he begins to ask the Lord, why was each piece made? What's its function? What does it do? What's its primary reason for being made? And in that... When you ask those questions, the truth of God will be revealed. So as we go through, that's all we're going to do is ask that question. What does it do? Why was it made? What's its primary function? Are you ready? Let's get it. The first piece of armor that Paul talks about today is he says to put on the belts of truth. So my question for you this morning is what does a belt do? Nobody knows what a belt does. Keeps your pants up. Where they belong. In the right place. At the right time, not falling down. It keeps your pants up. That's it. It does nothing else. Paul here is talking about purity. In fact, many translations actually say, gird your loins with truth. The loins were the place of your reproductive organs. And it was believed in that day that there was a lot of emotion and feelings and urges coming from that area. And guess what? They were right. And so Paul says, you need to gird that. You need to put some truth around that area of your life. It's the first thing you have to do. That's the first piece of armor. It's the most important because all of us have seen gifted people, beautiful people, and it doesn't matter how gifted you are. If this area of your life is off, it will bring you down completely. We've seen it all the time in the news. Look at so many of the issues. It has to do with this. But Paul tells us today, if you want to walk in victory and walk in freedom in Jesus Christ, put on the belt of truth. 
and keep your pants up. It's that simple. It's the Bible. Isn't that great? It's that easy. It's not complicated. The next piece of armor is one of my favorite. It is the largest. He says to put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate is huge. It guards your back, your side, your rock-hard abs. But why was it really made? What's its primary function? What does it protect? So good. It's the heart. In fact, in many cultures, they actually call it a heart guard because it guards your heart, the strongest muscle in the body. It beats 100,000 times a day, never taking a break. Your legs need a break. Your back needs a break. Your neck needs a break. But the heart keeps going and going and going. It is powerful. But as powerful as the heart is, it is also very vulnerable. Because the enemy knew when I'm facing somebody, it doesn't matter how big they are. If I can just get to that heart and pierce it, I can take them out. So it has to be guarded. And so that's what Paul was saying this morning. To guard your heart. But he's not talking about the physical heart. He's talking about the spiritual heart. In fact, here's what it says in Proverbs. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet. And be steadfast in all of your ways. He says, guard your heart. Be careful where your feet go late at night. Be careful where your eyes go on the internet. Be careful where your eyes go on people. Because things will flow in and begin to flow out. I learned this in my own life. I can be real with you this morning. As a non-believer, I was raised on two guys named Biggie and Tupac. Anybody heard of Biggie and Tupac? All of us have. And I would take all that crazy music in. All the lyrics, all the messages. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, when I came to faith, God began to show me. This message has nothing to do with me and where I am taking you. Don't listen to this mess anymore. And I stopped. Had been years since I heard from Biggie or Tupac. Driving down the street from my wife about a year and a half ago, and a crazy thing happened. All of a sudden, Biggie came on. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just... See, y'all knew it. You knew the flow. But the same thing happened to me. I realized I still knew every beat, every hook, every flow, every lyric was still in there deep waiting to come out. Because at some point in my life, I didn't guard my heart. What are you exposing your heart to? Is it something lustful? Because lust may flow out. Is it something judgmental? Because that's going to flow out. Is it something toxic? Because something toxic will flow out. Paul reminds us today, you want to walk in victory. Guard your heart. The next piece of armor. 
personal favorite, shoes. And have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What does a shoe do? Protects your feet. And it gives you a firm foundation on which to stand. Whenever I preach, I try to make sure I have on the right shoe because the right shoe matters. Because I move a lot. I do some things. And so the right shoe, the right foundation matters. This is a Roman shoe. This shoe actually came back in style two years ago. It's over 2,000 years old. The Romans were amazing with the shoe. While the shoe had been around for some time, they were one of the first cultures to embrace it wholesale. Because many of the cultures love walking around barefoot. Some of you are like that in here. But the Romans recognized that the right shoe, the right foundation mattered as they were taking over the known world. For one, if they were fighting another soldier and he was barefoot, I had the advantage if I had on Nikes because I can move better, I can groove better, I can knock him out. Y'all like that? I got a mean high kick. They also recognized that as they were taking over territory, that they could move further, faster, and longer with a better foundation. The Bible says that a house built on a sand foundation cannot stand. The foundation in your life matters. What are you standing on as a foundation in your life? Is it Jesus Christ and his word for your purpose or are you standing on something else, something made of sand? What is it? Because the foundation matters. My wife and I realized this this past year. We were at our happy place, Hershey Park. Anybody go to Hershey Park? Right down the street. I love Hershey Park. Amen. And we walk all around Hershey Park, three, four miles usually. But on this occasion, we were one hour into our trip, and my wife said, my legs hurt, my back hurts, my neck hurts, my back and my neck. We got to leave. I said, honey, I love you. I adore you. We ain't leaving. We got to figure this out. We just spent all this money. So we sat down, we prayed, we talked, trying to figure out what was going on. And then we realized it was her foundation. She came to Hershey Park wearing these. Can you believe that? Who in their right mind comes to Hershey Park wearing flip-flops? You're not going to make it far. Anybody ever tried that in here before? Somebody in here. I knew it. I knew it. You ain't make it. Somebody right there. Right? You did it. You tried it. But many of us in life, you can have a flip-flop foundation. And you wonder, why is my life this way? Why do I see everything this way? He said, have your feet fitted with the gospel of peace that comes from Jesus Christ. You want to stand in battle. Make sure your foundation is in him and you will be able to stand. The next piece is one of my favorite. Here's what it says. It's the shield. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. As I prayed into this one at first, it didn't make sense. 
Because how does a shield stop flaming arrows? All of us have seen those movies, Gladiator, Braveheart, where you see people leaning back, thousands of them, firing those flaming arrows into the air. And what happens? The shield doesn't stop. People get hit in the back, neck, side, everything. The shield does not stop flaming arrows. So what is this text talking about? While most shields were made to work apart, the Romans did something different with their shield. They made it to work together as one. Each shield was dependent on the other. So with my shield, I would guard you, and someone else would guard me, and so forth down the line, and they would get into formations like this. And so when the flaming arrows came, they could push it all back, not because they did it alone, but because they came together as one, yielding the shield of faith, pushing back the flaming arrows of the evil one. And what Paul is telling us today, if you want to push back evil, if you want to walk in victory, you don't do it alone. You come together as the one people of God, yielding the shield of faith together, and we walk in victory as one, for one, as the people of God. That's why it's called a body, because every part needs each other. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. We need one another. But oftentimes in our world, it's not how we think. We celebrate the Lone Ranger. We say, man, Tom Brady, he did it all by himself. Bill Belichick, he did it all by, they didn't need nobody. But the truth is, there were men and women who came together as one that allowed them to walk in victory. And the same is true in our own lives. We do it as one for one is the one people of God. The next piece, I think this might be close to the last piece that we have time for. And here's what it says. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. What does a helmet protect? Anybody? Your noggin. Very good. Your head, your mind, your brain must be protected. And we live in a world where we have to be careful. That's what he's talking about. Guard your mind, what flows into it. We now have newscasters going 24-7, pumping anxiety and angst and disaster all day long. And they look stressed out. Look at them. They look so mad. And we're taking all that stuff into our minds, and then we walk around and we say, why am I so mad today? Why am I so anxious? Why is the sky falling in my life? Because dude just told you for an hour that the sky was falling, and you took that in. Then we have these phones. Anybody have the phone on them? Wow, nobody. I don't believe that. Y'all scared. I'm not going to hurt you. I have a phone, and they're great. But they give us access to more information at once than in the history of time, and it's not always good. I can know who's mad at who, what disaster just happened, where, all this stuff I can take in, and it can mess up your mind. But what's so amazing, I love this. Anybody have young kids? We're always guarding the minds of our kids. Don't let little Susie see that. 
Don't let little Billy hear that because we understand the importance of protecting the mind. But we don't do that for ourselves. We just take all this mess in. Guard your mind. I remember coming home one day from work. And I saw my kids doing something. I wondered, how did that get into their minds? They were doing this. They were drinking out of the juice carton. And I said, where'd they get that? Why'd they do that? My little son. And I realized, way well, saw it. One time in a weak moment. Just, just one time. Real quick. But they took all that into their minds. And it flowed out. Are you guarding your mind? Because these things will begin to flow out of you. We have to protect our minds. Our minds are powerful, but it must be guarded. The final piece now is the most important piece that we have to talk about today. Is prayer. Here's what it says. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Prayer is the most important part, and here's why. These two reasons. Prayer first aligns your perspective with the perspective of heaven. Oftentimes, my perspective is off sometimes. Your perspective is off. But as we begin to pray, we begin to align our perspective with eternity. And you begin to see things differently. The second reason that prayer is very important is because prayer is the key to putting on the armor. When you wake up in the morning, I want to encourage you this way, to begin to put on the armor. To say, Lord, as I walk out into this day, would you protect my mind? Lord, as I step into that situation, that meeting, would you guard my heart? Lord, I'm surrounded by lust. Would you put the belt of truth around me in my life? Lord, there's so many things that are vying for my attention. Would you give me a firm foundation, Lord, that is found only in you? And Lord, would you connect me with other brothers and sisters of the faith that I wouldn't try to live this life alone, but together we would yield the shield of faith as the one people of God. And whether you're in the mountaintop or in the valley, when the day of trouble comes, I believe you will be able to stand in greater victory because you put on the armor of God. And in Christ, you will be able to stand. Father in heaven, I pray that your word would take root in our hearts. And I pray, especially today, Lord, for anybody who doesn't know you. I pray that in this moment, this would be a transformational moment, that they would move from death to life. My heart is that they would pray this prayer. Lord Jesus,
I've been trying to run my life my way. It's not working. And so, Lord Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I want to give control to you, Jesus. You paid for my sins, my shame on the cross. You took it on yourself. And so, Lord Jesus, in response, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer, you are a new creation and all of heaven rejoices today. I pray today, Lord, for all of us who have been walking with you that sometimes we forget what we have access to and we've been reaching for other things. But you give us access to artillery, so I pray that we would begin to walk in that. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. And may your spirit lead us each and every day. It's in Jesus' name and all of his people said, Amen. Amen.